on this week's episode of Don't Look Under the Bed, we have a conversation with an industry leader. She is a certified meeting planner and affectionately known as the Meetings Maven. Enjoy this episode. Welcome to Don't Look Under the Bed. Today, we have a special guest. She is president of Onsite Partners, a full-service meeting planning company. She sits on the Dean's Advisory Board at the University of Houston, and she serves as a board member at Visit Houston. We are delighted to welcome my mentor and mentor to countless others, the meetings maven, Charmaine Taylor. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning and welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us, Charmaine. I mean, we've known each other for what, 20 plus years, I want to say. And (laughs) you have uh, been my mentor since I started in sales, to be honest. Um, I believe we worked together on our first first program um, when I was at the Renaissance. And uh, it was the Thurgood Marshall Scholarship Fund. That was the, the first event that we did together. And we've kind of been um, joined at the hip ever since. I followed you around at Coalition, um, National Coalition of Black Meeting Planners every year. And uh, we've just kind of been uh, been bonded ever since. So I appreciate you coming on today. And uh, we want to hear about your hospitality journey. And we want to hear all of the gems and, and nuggets that you have for us in the industry. Awesome. Well, um, you are, you're so right. We were first connected back in those days. Um, and I'm just so excited for you and Nikki uh, for this show. I'm sure that it's filling the gap for so many right now who are trying to figure out what their next step is. Mm-hmm. And just to, to uh, be reconnected to you uh, in this way is, a, is an honor and a privilege. Um, I don't take that term mentor uh, lightly. Uh, and in fact, I'm very careful today to accept new mentees because I want to be able to give them the time that uh, is involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what I will do sometimes now is help them to find someone based yeah. upon yeah. where they're trying to go that may be able to give them the time and the information because mm-hmm. things are changing so much. Our industry has changed uh, drastically over the last 35 years that I've been around. Yeah. So thank you so much for having me on. We appreciate you. So give me your, uh, tell us your background uh, as it pertains to uh, hospitality and then your uh, transition to the meeting planning side and and all those things. So I am a graduate of the Conrad Hilton College of Hotel and Restaurant Management, which is on the campus of the University of Houston. Um, It has its own hotel uh, um, on campus that is actually a member of Visit Houston uh, and a part in a Hilton branded property that's about to undergo uh, about a $30 million renovation. Yes. That was approved uh, just before all of this madness occurred. I serve on the dean of the college's advisory board, Mm -hmm. as well as I'm a board member of one of the internal alumni groups called Eric's Club which is made up of senior uh, uh, folks in the hospitality industry that have been in the business at a minimum of 20 years, uh, that uh, are entrepreneurs and senior executives in corporate America. Um, And I started off my journey on the operations side, working in front office, and I was an assistant reservations manager at the downtown Hyatt, 
um, you know, the first thousand room hotel that we had in the city. Um, and I transitioned uh, to sales and convention services, working 15 years on the hotel side, mostly for Hyatt and Hilton. Um, and then in 1998, I started a meeting planning firm, sort of not my plan, but my husband, um, who I've been married to now for 35 years as well, um, was in, is in the oil and gas industry and he was on the pipeline side and the pipeline had to be manned 24 hours a day. And as a result, uh, I was traveling all the time and we couldn't give the children the time that they needed between the both of us with him having to possibly be on alternative scheduling. And so I came home and one of my clients asked me if I would help them with a program. Um, and that's how my business began in 1998 uh, with a partner and friend, uh, Maria Main. Um, we started this journey together. Excellent. That's an incredible story. Well, it, it, it's been an incredible ride. <laughs> um, you know, I, I laugh because that was when PCs were just really available uh, the internet was just coming alive. Uh, fax machines were big clunky things that you didn't have unless you had a big office and had those tools and, and Microsoft uh, products suite not been available. I don't know that I could have been able to start so easily in comparison to uh, you know, what is possible today uh, with the internet and with social media and other ways of, of uh, transacting business. That's so tell so me funny. about your business now. How is it going with, um, you know, people attend events for the networking and, you know, for the content. So what's going on now in terms of your, your business? So my last in-person event was March 5th of 2020 mm -hmm. uh, before the pandemic was announced. I had uh, some, some major projects that were scheduled for 2020 and 2021 that have gone through the series of uh, postponements when we thought this wasn't very serious to cancellations, to multiple yeah. cancellations and reschedulings uh, to pivot to virtual. Uh, the part of the business that I focus on is reservations or should say uh, uh, registration and uh, on-site management. So on the registration side, I was able to assist some of my clients when they pivoted to, to um, virtual to make sure that their platform was integrated with whatever virtual process they were going to use because you still needed a security process in order to get into the system. You know, some of these groups decided to do free events this year uh, for their members rather than charging them because their sponsors, you know, were still on board, you know, so I did a lot of that probably in the first few months once we started doing more virtual, I would say in the summer and fall of last year. And then pretty much now it's just been that wait until the world reopens, uh, which has been actually fine for me because I'm a full-time caregiver with two patients. Both my mother uh, and my husband are uh, fighting cancer uh, and my wow. husband has some other health challenges as well. So he's retired now. Mm -hmm. So um, I, it hasn't impacted me from the standpoint of how I live my life as much um, as I know it's affected many, many, many of our colleagues. Um, and, and, you know, it's, 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 it, it continues. Wow. I get it. Um, what gives you hope and inspiration for the future of the industry as we been, begin to open up? So like tomorrow, uh, the mask mandate will be lifted and um, the capacity is going to be at 100%. 
We've had, uh, I think there were like three live events last week. Uh, there was something in um, New Orleans. Uh, then there was RCMA in Charlotte and also CPAC in Orlando. So what gives you hope that, you know, we're coming back? Well, on, on the one hand, I'm hopeful and excited that, you know, we're seeing signs of life in our industry again. Yeah. Um, the other thing that really has transpired over the last uh, week or so since that ma mass mandate uh, in Texas was announced uh, by the governor that he was going to lift the mask mandate in addition to opening 100% is that I was very proud of my colleagues uh, and the public for using common sense. Um, you know, we have been so manipulated over the last uh, few years by this political process where everything has become about politics and you have to come down on one side or the other. I was really, really glad to see that our industry recognizing the benefits of having followed those mass man mandates and those other safety protocols is why we're able to reopen yeah. uh, at all. You know, uh, at the, 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 the beginning, there were, there were some events that took place when we reopened initially at some of the big hotels, you know, the large mm -hmm. hotels, because they could put, say in a large ballroom like the Hilton Americas, they could put a group of 200 in a space that would normally have accommodated 1500. Um, and those groups that were doing those events were those who were on the side for the most part of not believing that this pandemic had real consequences. Yeah. But then you see on the other side where people who threw caution to the wind started to see outbreaks on something mm -hmm. as fundamental and personal as a funeral uh, where we lost, I don't know, was it 30 uh, ministers and bishops in one denomination uh, early on in the pandemic as a result of a gathering uh, to celebrate the life of a, of a famous pastor. So, you know, I'm just really excited that people are still going to use common sense because I believe that just like Las Vegas has been showing us that reopening can be done and can be done safely, safely. but we have to use common sense and listen to the science. Absolutely. And you're 100% right on there. Um, let me ask you, I just want to go back a little bit and uh, talk about your work that you do with Houston First. Uh, can you elaborate on that for us? Well, I want to make the clarification. So um, because I know a lot of us, it was new to me to really understand the structure. Houston First is a separate government entity. Uh, I do not serve on their board. Uh, okay. Greater Houston Convention and Visitors Bureau, which uh, um, Robin mentioned is Visit Houston is the membership organization. So it's the organization that the hotels, restaurants, and suppliers like uh, meeting planners, AV companies, those who you know do set up like Aztec, they're members of that organization. And what we do is basically support them uh, by providing them with leads when events are coming into the city um, and helping them to, to get business from the uh, you know huge uh, market of conventions, uh, meetings, and special events in the city. Houston First, when uh, it was established about 10 years ago, uh, because the Greater Houston Convention and Visitors Bureau used to be under the umbrella of the city of Houston uh, completely. And it was managed and uh, supervised by the mayor and city council. They broke out into the separate entity, Houston First, which is officed along with the Greater Houston Partnership. And so the Greater Houston Partnership markets Houston as a destination for business and for relocating business. Um, and supporting business operations and Houston First supports this as a destination. So they uh, actually handle the marketing of the city, whether it be print marketing or uh, sales 
uh, and marketing of the city. And we are more focused on supporting the businesses, uh, which is right where I wanna be right now, helping them rebuild, helping them grow um, and helping them rebound from this unimaginable uh, change uh, to the, the trajectory for the trajectory for the future. Absolutely. And Houston has so many of those vendors that if, if you've been around for any amount of time you've worked with or you've heard of, so um, it, it will be great to attend live events again and see them um, back out there. So that's a very good point. Um, I wanted to ask you, your your years of service in hospitality, how do you feel like, um, or or what, let me back that up a little bit. As we're, everyone's looking for what's coming next, whether they're in hospitality or trying to pivot in another direction, but is there anything that you can say most prepared you to step onto the other side as a planner? from your hospitality time? So I feel like my experience in hotel uh, operations um, and my time in convention services really prepared me to be a much more effective meeting planner than I might have been with only a sales background. And um, I've seen many instances where that's come into play. Uh, One of the, the, the things that I was able to do, even during this pandemic, when I was negotiating with the hotels, uh, you know, I was working with three hotels in Virginia. All three are, were under the same brand, three different properties with three different owners. And so it, for those of you who worked, which, you know, I know you worked on the hotel side, you know that it became an owner's game after the pandemic got to the point where it didn't look like police places were reopening and that the companies were looking at bankruptcy as well as selling properties and closing sure. properties. They became a lot more aggressive in how they were negotiating force majeure. Um, and we waited out force majeure in Virginia until it had, we had to actually have a declaration before we could actually make any changes to our contract. And that event was happening in April of 2020, which was a month after the pandemic was first announced. But I could see because of the demographics of the group, I was doing an opening of a museum or one of the opening events of the new um, uh, U.S. Army Museum in Fort Belvoir. And we were bringing in some World War II veterans to actually wow. see the exhibits that feature some of their artifacts. Well, so you're talking about uh, their Japanese American soldiers. So you're talking about folks coming from the West Coast to the East Coast and having people in your demographic that are over 80 years old. Wow. And even their children are in their 60s. So at that point, they were still thinking this is uh, something that's impacting uh, people with core morbidities and o- over a certain age. And so they were like, you know, basically we're not hearing it. And that sentiment began to change. And so having the experience of being a reservations manager, I was able to actually negotiate from a perspective of understanding, you know, we, we need to, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're able to offer you this and this is what you're asking, you know, this is the cost for occupied room and this is what you're gonna lose, you know, or this is what we can promise you if we move it to these dates and then you won't lose anything. It's, you know, just kind of going through that and having that operations background was so critical because no matter what the position was that I had to deal with, because you may know about this too, that I might call the hotel to talk about reservations, but I was talking to the general manager because everybody else was furloughed. 
Right. So you're talking to people who have absolutely no idea. They've just been given a script of what we can and can't say, and they don't know what to do. So, and, and then you've got people, you've got the general managers having to get back to every customer who's trying to cancel at the same time. So if I can put together a nice email that hits all those bullet points, because I know exactly the decision you have to make, because I've been to, to Revmax in, in, in Hilton, <laughs> you know, we all sit around the table and, and weigh the business, then I get a much better chance. And I was actually successfully able to negotiate out of all three of those agreements to where the client, even working with legal, they could they couldn't leverage like I was able to leverage. Wow. And we, you know, and they paid me anyway because, <laughs> because I saved them a lot of money. You know, they they didn't they they paid me for the work that I had done because they would have paid way more in cancellation had you not had they not had somebody who understood how to get them through that process. They weren't trying to run away from their obligation. It just wasn't, as they say, um, uh, advisable. Um, the terminology they try to get us to put in contracts that hotel won't, hotels won't sign. <laughs> Inadvisable <laughs> to have the meeting. <laughs> That's wow. absolutely remarkable. And you touched on a lot of things and a lot of you know, the, the big words or the big situations, the force majeure issues, the negotiating, negotiating, and then even being knowledgeable enough to, you know, I've walked on the other side and now here I'm sitting in front of you and you're right. And uh, I, I like to joke about I would tell my director of sales, if I'm not here, do not talk to my customers because I, I understand and I know how to get them to where we need to be because that, I mean, that's everyday life and, you know, that's what we do. So that's, I mean, that, that's just, that's a remarkable story because when you get in deep with legal and um, addendums and, I mean, by the time I finished working for Hilton, I felt like I had some kind of legal degree because I had to quickly become very well-versed in all of that, so. And I'm sure you did it well. Um, and, I, and I think that's the key is some of the most successful salespeople um, negotiate from a position of compassion, uh, which I can, I can imagine that you have just from uh, you know, the way that you were having this conversation. And that was the key is a lot of people um, on the meeting planning side, all, they sit down at the table with their game face. Um, and it's funny, there's, the, it, uh, there's an article out uh, in successful meetings where I, I'm actually on the cover um, with a get what they asked me to make a game face and I spent probably an hour with this photographer trying to get me not to smile um, and that's the picture that they went with and everybody was calling me going who is that that's making that ugly face that's not you you don't have a game face and and, and I have friends that say Charmaine you're the only person that I know that can curse somebody out and then afterwards they ask you to go to lunch because you said it in such a nice way <laughs> but but those skills came into play really because because I understood, you know, this is, I'm on the, when I get this person on the phone, this person is wondering about how they're going to take care of their own family. Mm -hmm. right, so they've right. got a hundred of these phone calls to make and, and you got three minutes or five minutes of their time and you're going to get on there and you're going to, you know, you know, you know, how are you going to work with me and what are you going to do? And I'd had, you know, go, going back in time, 
we had a storm here uh, some years ago and uh, I was doing the uh, planning for the National Baptist Convention of America. You know, there's National Baptist USA and there's National Baptist America. <laughs> and um, Pastor Manson Johnson um, was the, was the uh, local pastor who was the, the host. And, you know, he passed during this season with COVID. Um, and so I tell this, this story because people who know him will understand what I mean. Um, he's a, he was a very strong person of faith. Um, and he believed that, you know, God was telling him what, how he should proceed. Um, and I'm also a very strong person of faith <laughs> and God was telling me not to proceed. <laughs> and so, you know, we would pray and then I would go back and do my job. Well, long story short, um, in that particular storm, we lost the Allen Park Inn, which was a hotel uh, right next to where Channel 11 is on the banks of the Buffalo oh, yeah. Bayou oh, yeah. because it went underwater. And it never reopened. Um, and it, it's something else there now. But the lady who owned that hotel, Becky, was the general manager and owner. I knew her from my days working reservations at the Hyatt. And working with her, we were able to move the entire block to a hobby airport loco location because the, the convention happened a month later. Actually have it happen. But when I tried to explain to Pastor Johnson force majeure, he was like, well, what are they going to do for us? And I said, well, force majeure means they're not going to do anything for us, but they already have. We already have a hotel for all those rooms that we lost while nobody else was thinking about doing that. And so we're set. And it was God was speaking to you and God was speaking to me, but God prepared me to do my job and he prepared you to do your job and together God wins. And so it was, you know, that was one of those force majeure situations so that when this situation rolled around, I had that from way back when right. to kind of think about to where I had the confidence in myself that, yes, you've got some of the best lawyers that, met, that represent 180 organizations, but I have 35 years on the ground having these conversations as a salesperson, as a convention services manager dealing with attrition, and as a reservations manager, realizing that we're not going to sell out. And that's what I'm going into there with what God prepared me with to be able to do my job to help you. That's that excellent. Is an excellent and beautiful story. Mm -hmm. It really, really, very, very touching and very moving. And I do believe when you, you talk to people with a sense of compassion and fairness, because in the end, we want everyone to win. Yeah. And, and I feel like in an individual, as an individual, the same people you see coming, you see them going. Mm -hmm. So it, it's, I always feel like I need to be able to go back to this person and shake their hand or have them greet me. So let me, let me handle this and do this in a way that makes sense. And that absolutely sounds like what, what you've been able to do. And I think too, you know, we, at the top of this call, you, you mentioned my background and the boards that I serve on. You know, when I was first appointed to each one of those boards, I think I've been on the Hilton College board now nine years. I've been uh, on this, the, the convention bureau. Uh, the first time that I was uh, recommended for the board, I wasn't uh, selected, but, uh, you know, but we can thank George Floyd for a lot of things, <laughs> you know, that, that, that people yeah. that, that you know are good. And, and I'm not saying that that decision was made in that way, but the point that I'm making is people will notice you 
um, you know, so that, that when I walked into that first meeting, uh, uh, I should say online, my former general manager was across the table as an emeritus board member, mm-hmm. you know, so those things kind of come full circle. But the point that I'm making is that now that I have been serving in those capacities and built credibility, what I'm able to do is, you know, on that board with me is say a Chris Pappas. And Tony Ballone was on that board before he passed, mm-hmm. of course, during the, the pandemic as well. Um, you know, these were the, the, so now I'm sitting around the table with these guys who are making decisions about their employees and their future. And not that I can tell them what to do, but at least they can hear from my perspective what I'm seeing and hearing and feeling on the ground. And so a lot of times when we see these, when we get these appointments and we get these opportunities, we start thinking about, you know, how, how is this going to impact me? I've sat, sat down and, and had a conversation where I've helped someone on one of those boards to get some business or to do something. And they'll say, now, what can I do for you? And I'm like, well, nothing. <laughs> you know, I just helped you because I could. Um, and it, it helps somebody, you know, right. It, right. because right now I'm, I'm not focused on new business for my business, but I know a whole bunch of people who are, and if that's what you need and that's what they need, and I can connect the two of you to each other, then you've done for me what needed to be done because the whole purpose for me being here is to be a voice for the voiceless and, and to hold a spot for the people who may not get into this room. And all of those check marks that God allowed me to check off, you know, a, a top grade education, uh, owning a business, um, having spe- specific quote unquote Fortune 50 companies gave me the credibility that you think I need to be in this room in order to be able to do what God sent me in there to do. <laughs> Um, and that's, you know, that's so, so important um, to understand is, you know, it's not about us. Right. It's, it's, it's not about who we are. It's not about what we've accomplished. Those are wonderful and great things to have happen. And, and don't get me wrong, I appreciate being acknowledged, but I'm just even more excited, more grateful when I'm able to be in a space and then I can look back behind me and look out in front of me and see the lives that I may have had an opportunity to touch, to take that one connection or that one conversation or that one relationship and turn it into something that made a difference, not just for them, but for bunches and bunches of other people. That is great. I have one last question and it's like, you you do so much for so many. You're a caregiver, you've got your business, you've got the boards that you serve on. Um, what is self-care for you? How do you take care of yourself and keep your cup full for yourself so that you can give to others? Well, I do uh, spend time each morning in prayer and meditation, um, not, you know, uh, to, to, you know, it's just a way to, to kind of start my day, to be thankful for everything that happened the day before. Uh, everything I survived, we're all surviving right now. You know, every single day, you know, like they tell people in the 12-step programs, every single uh, moment, you know, it's one day at a time. And um, so I take one day at a time and that helps me with my mental self-care. I steal moments. Um, I can't steal hours and days. I can't travel right now. Uh, Not only because we're not traveling, but because I would have to make so many arrangements for the safety of my husband and my mom. But um, I'll steal away and get a pedicure or I'll just go to at home and walk around and imagine, 
you know, how I'm going to finish decorating this house that I can't move to right now because we were renovating it. And when my husband's uh, diagnosis was changed, we had to stay here. So I had this whole house that's halfway renovated in another city in the hill country that I can't finish, but it's okay because right now, right, you know, here and now we're doing that. We have a wine group that my husband and I do together. That's our date night on Wednesday nights where we join together with other couples online and try different wines and prepare a meal to go along with it and share tips with each other. So every day for me um, is a new day. Mm-hmm. Um, you won't know from looking at my face whether I have everything that day or nothing because actually what this journey is teaching all of us is no matter how much you have, when you need it, it may not be enough. And mo- no matter how little you have, if God says it's enough, it's enough. You know, it's 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 a really, um, it, it you know, caregiving teaches you a lot. I've been a caregiver for 21 years. I had my mother-in-law first, then my father, mm-hmm. uh, then my mother who had a stroke. I got her hit well again. And then five years later when, with Alzheimer's, she moved with me. Then I had her and my husband together. It just, it's a, it's a cycle. So caregiving to me is like every day. It's just during this pandemic, not being able to actually take those real breaks um, has been a little bit tougher. So that's when I started taking it one day at a time. You know, we can talk to you all day. You know that. All day. <laughs> and I have so many well, you more can call questions. me on the phone because you know I'd love that. <laughs> and you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna take you up on that um, because you have so much to offer and we appreciate you so much, Charmaine. Thank you so much. We're going to end it there because you've said it all. I mean, well, thank you for this um, opportunity. And, and again, bravo to both of you ladies for, uh, you know, turning lemons into lemonade and being that, that voice, that place where people can you. come and get encouragement. Uh, just continue to soar. We'll, we'll, we'll all be, we'll all rebound. Yes. I truly believe that. Thank you so much again, Charmaine. You have a great day and we you will too. be in touch with you. All right. Thank you, ladies. Okay, and you have thank a wonderful you. day as well. And a wonderful rest of the week. You too. You too thanks. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on Don't Look Under the Bed podcast. Please subscribe, like, comment, and tell a friend. We also encourage you to share your stories at stories at don'tlookunderthebed.org.